Blog Talk Radio. Hey, what's up, everyone? Uh, welcome to the matchup zone here. Joined as always by DJ John Hunt. Um, welcome. How's everyone doing? I feel like, uh, John, we were talking about this earlier. I feel like this is like Good Morning America. It's yeah. coffee. It's like an early show, 9 o'clock in the morning. We're, <laughs> we're, uh, I don't know how they do it. I don't know how someone who like works for one of those shows does it. Like Sports Center going on at 6 in the morning. Yeah, but don't those guys wake up at like like three thirty in the morning to like get to the studios and stuff like that? Yeah, it's like crazy. Like I just, I'm just not. Uh, that's not me. Like I guess I'm a decent morning person, but I, I just, it's tough. It's tough this early, especially with quarantine where everyone's been sleeping until like twelve, and <laughs> suddenly it's like, oh, you're, hey. you're sleeping at twelve, man. How do you get that? My boys wake no. me up at like five oh, no. a.m. They're like ready to go. <laughs> No, I'm saying like normal people, parents. Yeah, okay. Up and, yeah, little, like there's little no, yeah, there's no chance that anything is happening prior to, uh, yeah, like eight o'clock, eight thirty is like a normal wake up time. But I'm thinking back when you know, we're we're in school, it's like six thirty is like I'm sleeping in. If I'm if I'm waking like six o'clock, I'm waking up. Yeah, you feel groggy when you wake like, up at like six thirty. You're like, oh my god, how am I gonna get through the day? I got too much exactly. sleep. Exactly. <laughs> like this is ridiculous now it's like 8 30 i'm just like oh shit. we have a show in a half hour no I, so, I, was, I was totally afraid that like i was gonna sleep in or like this would be the one day my kid slept in and i'd be like oh shit we gotta we gotta get moving uh, like i gotta hook everything up you know what i mean so today uh we're gonna have on trevor hoffman uh trevor is a former 12 year professional basketball player had a few cups of coffee uh in the nba um, went to Kent State, all-time leading scorer in Kent State history, then uh, played overseas for a while, France, Germany, Portugal, um, and now is a head coach uh, for in Belgium, uh, overseas head coach, which is cool because I think there's some kind of interesting things that, uh, as an American, I know I've had a few American coaches overseas, and it's been different because you're so used to like the overseas coaches and then you have an American coach and they're just like you. And you're kind of like, what, what is this? So I'll, that's definitely something we'll hit on. I think Trevor, he has a podcast too. Um, and he's going to, he'll hit on that as well. We might try to cross contaminate. So he might be asking us questions. We might be asking him questions. We're just going to kind of like flow with it and just kind of go uh, when he hops on. But yeah, he's, he's definitely got a cool story. Um, overseas basketball, uh, for a long time. So I'm sure he's got some crazy stories and uh, it'll be fun. So when he hops on, we'll, we'll get up after that. So did you play with yeah. Trevor? I did not. I met Trevor just kind of through the network of uh, overseas basketball. And um, now we like kind of communicate. Uh, and so, you know what? I was thinking this week, we might actually, does it sound like we're actually going to have some actual NBA basketball to talk about at some point in the near future? Was, yeah, that's crazy. Um, NBA starting. I love the thing. See, I'm like, the NBA is crazy because it's like ending this season, which is only a little bit of time, but it's the playoffs. I was excited that baseball seems to kind of like have something that they're kind of agreeing on and they're going in the right direction. So there at least will be like almost like half a baseball season this year. Oh, see, last I heard, playoffs. I thought baseball, ba- baseball was done. Like the players they, union they, came back and was like, no, we're out, you know, but yeah, the, I, is something moving was, again. Yeah. They're starting to, they're starting to get it moving again. So oh, I think that's, that's good. Cause, you know, I want I want to see something, but uh, it's not summer without we, a little bit of baseball, dude. I said there's it's, 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 like, there's no sports. It's boring as shit. <laughs> and soccer is coming back on. I've been watching soccer, uh, Premier League. You know, Man Man United plays today. So if anyone's uh, interested in soccer, that's a good one. How about now, tennis? I think the tennis tennis is coming back. Tennis is coming back. Golf like golf was like the the highest rated for golf a golf event. It wasn't even like a major last weekend because it came back and like people were just like I don't care. Yeah, throw it on. 
Yeah. Throw it on, have a drink out back. You know, like it's, exactly. you just need that feeling again, man. I, I, I miss, I was, I had tickets to the Phillies game yesterday and I was like kind of depressed. Like when it came up on my calendar and I was supposed to go to the Phillies game with a couple dudes and I was just like, Oh, well, I should be at the Phillies game right now. You know, and it was, it was, you know, it ended up being a nice day. Rained in the morning, ended up being a nice yep. day. You know, could have could have threw back a few. You know, you know, watch what the Phillies were going to be this year. Nope, not not happening. Kind of depressing. <laughs> you got you got nothing. You got out. Well, here's the uh, what's crazy because I think we uh, we haven't had a show in a while, and I think it all stemmed from we got hit. Uh, we we were on pace to do a show, and we got buried by a storm. Now, like in the you know South Jersey area, really bad storm came through. It's nasty. And, like, it must have came right through the line of direction of, like, both our houses. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, I lost power for a long for a long time, but you had a way worse experience oh, with dude. a tree actually falling on your house while you were broadcasting. I was I was doing uh, – I've been playing with, with Trivia Night, right? So I had a bunch of people – Trivia. It was, I think it was the first night I had ever done it. Like, I was like, let me try this out, you know? And people were like, yeah, we want to do it. So I'm, like, in the middle of, like, question nine, right? And I didn't even know that it was, it was raining, dude. Like, because I was so in the zone. The music was pumping. We were having a good time. People were like, it was, it was great. And all of a sudden, the biggest crack of thunder you could ever hear. Like, I'm like, oh, my God, this, the lightning must have hit my tree out back. That's how loud it was. And then I was like, you know what? Maybe I should go check and see what's going on out there. And I went over to this window right over here. And literally my entire backyard was tree. And I was just like, oh, my God, dude. And then I was like, you know, maybe I should check this out a little bit further. And, um, and yeah, so I went out and checked a little bit further. And literally, like, half my house is, like, gone. Not half my house, but, like, a corner of it was, like, literally gone. So I was like, um, all right, maybe I should shut this thing down and call the insurance company and see if I can get this tree off my friggin' house. Uh, but, hey, man, it, it, shit happens. And that's what insurance is for. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I just got all the insurance and everything kind of figured out. And uh, hopefully starting on um, starting on some repairs next week. We'll see. Nice. But uh, hopefully awesome. no trees I mean, falling on the house today. Well, that's crazy. And uh, Trevor's, Trevor's joining us. Uh, Trevor, can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? What's up, Trevor? I can. What's up? So, uh, sorry, sorry, we were just talking a little bit. Uh, we had a serious, yeah, we had a bad storm. So our you can, producer, you can see the tarp. This this blue window over here is literally a tarp over this side of the house. The tree must have fallen like ten feet above my head right now, and I was in the middle of broadcasting, Trevor, and boom, like I was like, oh shit, you know, and uh, had to shut everything down. But yeah, now we're all tarped up and everything, and. You know, hopefully by next week we're going to get some repairs on this house, man. Uh, I was like, oh, my God. Luckily, my boys weren't home at the time, or else they would have freaked out with this tree in my backyard. They thought it was a jungle gym, Kev. Like, they were, they were like, hopping on this tree and jumping all around. I was like, uh, uh yeah. I guess that's you guys are having a good time with this. Well, that's the shit they'll remember. It's like the tree comes down, but they'll, they're, like, we're – uh, do you remember like, when we had that huge yeah. fort out back? Oh, my God. Exactly. And the yeah, funny thing is, is, it was only half the tree, Kev. Like the other half of the tree is still looming above my house. I'm going. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> At any time, it can it can crash into through the. <laughs> exactly. The awesome feeling to have. So it's 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 like a thrill ride, you know, at the uh, at the amusement park. You never know. You never know what's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This storm was bad. It hit. Bad. I mean, because we were just talking about how we haven't been on uh, the show in a while because of the whole entire storm and like i lost power for a long time john you know a tree obviously fell in his house so shit got real so we kind of like backed away and wanted to get everything repaired and uh go but you know trevor thank you so much for for hopping on today yeah is my audio okay because i feel like you guys are this wi-fi connection i have in my boys houses yeah trevor i'm getting you loud and clear man so whatever your broadcast is coming through clear okay so uh yeah welcome it's it's crazy just kind of talking about overseas basketball there's like a thousand questions i wanted to ask you because uh just looking at your resume is like insanely cool uh mm-hmm. i always look at like an overseas basketball player's resume after they leave playing and like how successful they are is like the coolest thing because we've all kind of been in the you know in the trenches but then what do you do from there you have like 
a lot of stuff going on, and that's like the coolest thing in the world. Like you have your your basketball, you know, uh, lesson training that you do. Um, you're also coaching uh, overseas, which is crazy. Yeah, that was. I mean, that was a. That was a. Am I allowed to? Is this, is, am I allowed to swear on this? Or what, oh yeah. yeah. What, yeah. What's going up? This for adults. This is for adults. I don't know. Yeah. It's for our 20 fans, man. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know if you wanted this was for like kids and parents, you know. I I, I can go PG if you guys need me to. No, we yeah. were talking about brass knuckles a couple of weeks ago yeah. and some of the crazy shit that happens overseas with Kevin. We're gonna do a whole special on on Kevin Owens and the crazy stuff he did back in the day. So feel free to join us for that in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Oh man, I wanted to be weird. on that episode. Not it's really this one. weird. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I I got into a lot of stuff after pro hoops i think mostly because my dad raised me to be a, a psycho you know he was like the dad that was giving me uh liver dissectate when i was 12 years old because he heard that liver dissectate helped uh you know rats live have more endurance in a swimming pool and i was like what so you know like that was my childhood i was essentially like a test a big experiment for my dad to see if i could and he could get me to, to play uh college basketball I think that was his only goal because he he played at Albion in Michigan okay. State and my uncle played with Magic Johnson so you can see how there's a little bit of pressure on me as a kid to get you know my dad was like we gotta have the best cut you know my son will be the best in the family and uh I took it pretty literally I think yeah so yeah, I think I just love I love I love every now for me it's just getting helping people develop with with the game of basketball you know the Huffman Club is a online training club I'd created. It's the swish houses for, you know, fat adults like us that can't do anything, but, uh, you know, find a way to work out with a basketball in our hand. So I love the idea. And then, and then obviously coaching overseas was, was a fluke. They just offered me a job. I felt like Steve Kerr a little bit like, uh, I don't have any experience. I just want to let you guys know that, you know, going in. That's crazy. So that's like, that's, uh, that's like the most interesting because that's like, yeah, coming in and just getting a, getting that job overseas. What was like that first experience? Like, what were you, how did you like address the team for the first time where you're just like, Hey, you know, like, I feel like I would be terrible at that. Just I'd come in and be like, Hey gang, like, what's up? Like they're fucking professional basketball players. I'm like <laughs> talking to them. Like I'm they're like little kids. Oh man. It is. It, it, it was weird. <laughs> everything was weird about it. Cause it, you know, it's, it's like the first time you do anything. It's like that first time you, you know, you go in for that kiss with this, I don't know what grade you guys, you know, got lucky, but I got lucky in like sixth grade. And I was like, wow, wow what just happened? You know, <laughs> like I was felt really awkward. Uh, hey guys, I'm your coach. Um, I don't have any systems, but we're going to figure it out. You know, I think I, I kind of came at it from a point of like, maybe too much vulnerability, you know, like I, I actually, am, um, I, I have a lot of great ideas and I, I need you guys to help me see if they work. Mm-hmm. Um, we started off 16 and 0, which was pretty awesome. Wow. Uh, awesome. <clears throat> typically you don't want that kind of start as a first year yeah. coach. Uh, you, you know, I, I, I wished that there'd been a little more adversity and, um, but you know, it was, it was cool. Like the guys were great. I think if you have, if you can recruit the right players mm-hmm. you, you know you, you the right culture you know I, I read a lot about the spurs and you know sense of humor is one of the biggest values they look for in their next you know when they're recruiting college players and so i got to pick three players for my team out of you know i had basically 12 got nine guys already picked uh, you know which sucks as a coach because you're like you know i'm gonna run a ton of pick and rolls i want to pick and roll people to death that was yeah. my I, you know that's the type of player i was i wanted you know, I wanted guys that could just read and make plays off pick and rolls and then have some athletes on the wings. And, um, we didn't have that genetic makeup. We, I was, I went Montenegrin. I went like, I got three Montenegrin guys. We were the most technical, big, slow team in the league. But, you know, we, I think the, the city of Alst, that the club, you know, we really, um, had a great, like the culture of the team was fantastic. The sense of humor was pretty good. And that's what they wanted me to do. Also wanted me to come in and kind of rebuild that, that sense of community and, and, uh, fight fighting spirit, which is what, when I played there, we had, you know, so 
That's crazy. Yeah. I just, yeah, yeah. I just, and thinking about like imports too, uh, you know, you, we've been in that situation where you come in, I've had a few American coaches like during my time and it's always been such a different experience when you kind of hop in as an import and suddenly your coach is also American. Um, it, it just, it's a different feel. It's, it's, you know, I feel like there's more relate relatability and I think it's better, mm-hmm. uh, better relationship. Did you see, kind of see that with, you know, your, your American guys? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I mean, I loved, so there's, there, there's a distinct cultural difference between coaching Americans and coaching Montenegrin, Serbian, Croatian, kind of Balkan uh, type players. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one, one is volatility. <laughs> uh, the volatility of a Balkan player and not all of them. I'm not, I'm not, I had, you know, uh, they're just super competitive yeah. to the point that it takes over a practice where one foul, like one foul can turn into it can ruin the whole practice. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and I say that because they just, they just, you know, they just get so like emotional uh, into their, into their emotional state. And I don't know if that's genetic or, or that's just the way they were raised and taught in their system. You know, like an American player is like, all right, yeah, we, we just keep your cool. You know, uh, this guy's followed me hard. I'm just going to, I'm going to, you know, check it back up and, 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 and win, you know, win, I'm going to get a bucket on him, you know? And yeah. uh, it's just a completely different mentality. While they were just like, I will, f- I will fight you motherfucker. I will, I will, f- <laughs> let's go. And I was like, Whoa, 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 Whoa guys. Like it was just a hard foul, you know, let's just check it back up and keep playing through this. So, it, you know, it was just this completely different cultural thing. And then you got the Belgians, the Belgians are like, I was just, I always made fun of even at the end of my coaching, I was, I was essentially like, I felt like I was their point guard as a player. And I would, mm-hmm. just, I would just talk to them. Like I would talk to guys on my team when I was playing. And I was like, listen, we can't have any Belgian softness here. You can like grass fed butter in here, you know, yeah. just like we need you guys to toughen up, lift some weights, get a little stronger. If you are a little bit stronger, you'd stop getting posted up, Dorian. You know, like I, I'm able to say stuff like that. But you know what? They, they, I think they appreciated that. They lived. They actually started lifting weights. I had my Belgians lifting weights, which I thought was a huge win for me. Oh, that's a huge win. That's yeah, crazy. Guys are, yeah. Well, like I, mean, I had, a, I had, a, I had them doing a, a, a power clean. Can you imagine wow. a Belgian that has never lifted upper body in his life? doing a like hang hang clean it was it was great i was so proud that was like my proudest moment that is that is a real i mean there's i you kind of talk about like the different territories and different parts of europe like i played in kosovo which is like a shit show and like you talk about those balkans like i saw it at practice and then you would see it like crazy shit in the you know with the fans like they were so competitive the fans that like they're just throwing shit on the court and they're like well you know, you're throwing shit on the court. I'm going to break glass and throw shit on the court. And you're like, well, it's not a fucking competition to hurt me. Like you guys are just watching a game. It's like, they're just, it's so crazy. But like you said, like some of those young guys and like some of the other, like more, you know, developed European places, they just, they, they're a little, you know, more like cupcake, you know, they just weren't, didn't have that, that toughness yet, but yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, what, yeah. What was Kosovo? Like, I can't even imagine. Well, like I, I always describe Kosovo because um, I left the airport. First off, I got there. My luggage was like confiscated by the police, but I didn't know that. I was just standing there by the conveyor belt. Nothing was happening. No one was telling me anything. There was no one in the airport. I was by myself. There's two armed guards staring at me like with guns. And I'm like, so then finally the, this guy came up. He's like, where's your bags? I, I take you. And I was like, I don't know. And then he went and yelled at the cops and they brought my bags out from a back room. I'm like, what just happened? I was like, that's just crazy. And then we got in a car, started driving and we pulled away from the airport and like, we went onto a dirt road. I'm like, this is like the major airport. Like what is happening? That's when you know you're screwed, Kev, when you go on the dirt road. (laughs) I said like, all of a sudden it was like, and we're like on a dirt road. I was like, what? I like put my hand on my, I was like, why did I do this to myself? I was like, where am (laughs) I? Year one? Is this year one? No, this is like year, this is like year eight for me. Like, but so it was, I've already been to a lot of worse. 
that's what I said. I was like, I've been to like really good places. I've been to Australia and like New Zealand and even like, you know, all these like really nice places. And then all of a sudden I'm like, what? Like, this is just insanity right now. Like, I don't even know oh, what to man. say. That's the best sound effect. You're like, yeah. look around. Like, what is, are they dumping my body already? They, you're not, you're not as tall as you said you were. They're going to dump your body. Yeah. I said, it's just like, it was just like, just dropped off. And I really did that. Cause I was so, still so concerned as to like, I was like, almost like, did they go through my luggage? What did they steal? I had a yeah. PlayStation in there. So I was kind of like thinking about that. And There's I like a, pe- a and pound I like, of heroin in, the, in there. Exactly. <laughs> Using exactly. you as a mule. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to, to drive it into downtown Christina. It was crazy. Kosovo was crazy. And it's like funny because I feel like, like you were saying, these people are like super, I do think their loyalty is like so high. I do uh, mm-hmm. like some of those, those Balkan regions, like they're very loyal people and they're good hearted people. They just are crazy. Like they're just, they're yeah. just, so the competitive nature is nuts. And I think they just, they go off the handle sometimes and I'm like, what the? like it was just, that was my whole entire experience. Every crazy experience I had of like the top five playing overseas, like four of them happened to go as well. Yeah. So that's that was insane. Fun. Yeah. I, I couldn't imagine. I haven't been to Croatia or anything. And yet I, I've ended up with three, you know, bulk. I had a, I had a Croatian and two Montenegrins and, um, you know, they, they, I had I had been warned not to do that. Do not get more than one because they'll gang up on you. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? I've never, I've always, I've played with a few of them. You know, they were always nice guys, super competitive, really, like you said, loyal, hardworking. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I wouldn't trade it. I wouldn't trade any any of the the uh, the Balkans away. Um, yeah, I I thought. I thought if I had given if I had carte blanche to build that entire roster, I would have been, we would have won a championship. That's what I I thought. Even even with my first year bad coaching woes, um, you know, like you, I learned really quickly that I didn't have a defensive mm-hmm. system that made any sense. You know, I've been out because I was out of the game for like four or five years. Wow. You know, so the they're like you know they're getting they're getting three or four ball screens in an offense now. You know, you got your first yeah. decoy yeah. ball screen. You got a zipper into a ball screen followed by you know and the guys are just running all over the place. i was like holy shit like i would have loved this by the way if i had gotten to play in this type of offense yeah um but you know so i had to catch up really and um yeah maybe you didn't know this i actually stepped down as the head coach like um we were in a we were about to go to the final four and i lost my captain my backup point guard my foreman to injury we lost like four out of five five out of six I lost three games by one point and I remember feeling so devastated like I had let my team like I think this is the hardest part about coaching you feel like a platoon leader in Vietnam and Uh you and like you're losing if you lose games I typically I I, you know as a player you can like bounce back you can get in the gym you can practice you can bring it and you know in the next practice you can take as many shots as you want if you're the man in the next game you know, so as a coach, you just feel more responsible. And so that was like the toughest part for me was accepting like, all right, I got to, I got to do, I got to do better. My practices suck or, you know, like our, our defensive, you know, philosophies is not good, but you know, maybe I made the wrong, wrong calls on who to help off of and stuff. And, you know, so that, that was really hard, but I, I also felt like I didn't, you know, I didn't get to build my assistant coaching staff. Like I would have hired yeah. an assistant coach that had 20 years of, you know, 30 years of head coaching experience. Somebody to just mentor me. I'm big into mentors. And yeah. so I didn't, I didn't have any of that. I, I had, uh, you know, and the assistant coach basically wanted to take my job and that's what the wow. players were starting to, the, the, the players were telling me this, like, Hey man, he's, he is gunning behind the door, behind closed doors. This guy's, you know, he's not doing the right stuff. He's not supporting you. And I'm like, yeah. So I was like, listen, I, I felt the pressure from management when we lost four. You know how it goes. If you lose four or five, four out of five in Europe is like basically not winning your first 17 games in the NBA. Like somebody, yeah. somebody needs to get chopped. Somebody has got to go. So uh-huh. they were basically like, you, you know, either, you know, tell us how you feel. So I was like, well, this is how I feel. I know what's going on. And, and they had interviewed all the players. So they basically left me with like, do you want to be the head coach? And I was like, 
you know, I don't want to be the head coach with this assistant behind me. Uh, I would prefer to have a mentor, kind of somebody that if you guys do bring somebody in, you want me to step, you know, kind of move me to the side. I, w- I would love to learn from somebody that has, you know, a lot of experience. So yeah. that's what they d- ended up doing. And uh, the unfortunate part about that is I actually, we were a game away from the fun. We were going into the final four for oh. the, uh, for the cup. And they brought the, like me thinking, oh, they're going to let me coach this next week. You know, let yeah. me finish up my, my fucking cup championship <laughs> that I got, that we're about to get to. And I was really, I was feeling really confident we could get there. And it, it, they were, yeah, no, this new coach is coming in this week, Monday. And he took over and we got killed in the cup in the final four. And we had beaten Charleroi, who's like a top Belgian team. We'd beaten him four times already with me. And I was like, I just shaking my head, like, he's doing stuff that you know mistakes offensively especially that i was you know like because he just didn't know the players you know yeah. he didn't know what they do yet so that's crazy i, I regret that and yeah uh, would you ever go back over and give it a shot with another team i don't know i mean uh i would say right now i'm 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 mostly just want to travel out of an rv <laughs> <laughs> with my dog bear like i don't want to I was so stressed out all year. Like, I, I think for me, I just want to, I love, I love traveling, coaching kids. And, and you know, I got to just, the Swish House stuff is it's really fun for me because, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm basically working with the general public of yeah. basketball, but there's no stress. <laughs> like awesome. they're just so excited to, they're just so excited to, to get coached and also get, you know, try to get fit in a yeah. way that's completely different so it, it just feels so altruistic uh you know almost like they're just they, they like I had more swish house guys check on me this year coaching than my own friends they're like oh man tough loss coach you lost by one and they're like swish house members you know like that and I was just like you guys you guys need to get a fucking life okay <laughs> stop following my coaching I've so, you know like so it was it was cool though you know that and that's the kind of that's the kind of vibe you get with the, you know, giving back and doing something like Swish House. You just get this kind of community driven basketball community that yeah. like some guy will wear like a Pepe Sanchez jersey and you're like, What? <laughs> that's badass. What did you like a temple find? temple jersey? <laughs> yeah, like Oh, temple, that's like, great. It's just the stuff that comes out in these classes, you know. Uh, do you get like so do you get like headbands and stuff like that? everything dude everybody's like mocked up like yeah like sleeves and stuff everybody has a shoot iverson shooting sleeve you find guys that have like the retro shoes you know that they've been holding on to for you know 10 years and they wear it to a switch out class you're like what (laughs) those are worth four thousand dollars and you're like just pimping them out in a switch house class for everybody and you're like they can't be comfortable to work out in by the way that's like crazy. Like that, even with the Jordan documentary, like people wearing like old Jordans, he's like, these shoes suck compared to what's yeah. out there right now. Yeah. That's like completely flat. They're like your foot's on just a <laughs> suck. Arch is collapsing. That's like the coolest thing just to think about, you know, like these guys just want to play basketball. And I love that switch house aspect of it. where just guys just uh-huh. want to play basketball. And that would be my favorite thing because these guys are obviously coming on and trying to get better and you don't want to laugh, but at the same mm-hmm. time, like being where we've been, you're just like, and like, but like the, for a normal guy, this is their chance. Like this is their chance yeah. to go out there and like be their stars. Like we're just yeah. like, what? <laughs> well, and like where else as an adult, I mean, imagine you, imagine you chose a different sport and you'd never yeah. played basketball, but you loved playing in middle school and high school. Maybe you got cut but you chose something else. You know, I, I loved soccer growing up, but I chose basketball. So yeah. like if you gave me the chance to go kick around a soccer ball and have somebody teach me scissor moves and like all the, you know, I'd be like oh, a yeah. kid in a candy shop, you know, even if I suck. Yeah. I, but, that, but that's the whole part. I think they love the fact that somebody's like telling them what to do. It's almost like fantasy basketball camp. Yeah. Like if you go to, if you could go to like coach K's fantasy basketball camp, how fun would that be when he tells you to box out, you soft piece of shit, you know, like, you're like, yeah, coach K, I got you. Whatever you know, you like want. that's a, yeah, you're diving on the floor. Like, I mean, coach K has fantasy basketball camps for adults. And I'm like, Swish house is essentially that, but just yeah. in a little different, little different template. Like all we care about is, 
you know, getting in shape and we do shooting challenge, you know, all sorts of fun skill challenges and little team competitions where you're running, you know? So I think people can really get, you know, shit. I burned, I burned a thousand calories and I ran five miles in a swish house class when I was in good shape. Wow. And uh, I would never go run five miles on a treadmill. I tell you that. True. Yeah. So yeah, people like it and, and that's, it's been a cool startup. And so, you know, I think that I'll, I'll kind of be traveling around in my van with my dog and, and uh, I'll hopefully be able to help some Swish House communities and then, you know, That's maybe so start cool. doing crack. I don't know. Maybe I'll just start like a drug. <laughs> something. I, you, there's got to be something to keep <laughs> us going. <laughs> I need some adversity. I want some adversity just to kind of get me, you know, get me tougher, build character. I think I feel like if I was in like, like you said, soccer, like if I went to like a baseball fantasy camp, there's. Yeah, like there's a hundred percent chance that I'd be wearing like the Philly fanatic Bryce Harper like headband. There's no chance I wouldn't. It would be one hundred. Like have a flip. I'd be I'd be going all out. I'd be is baseball. Be, you're is that the game that you were like, man, I love this. Yeah, I like grew up playing baseball. I I like you know played and uh, loved playing. Like it was in my family, so baseball was like mm-hmm. my my shit. I just got really tall, and like I was like, oh, yeah, I guess I'll play I basketball. A, I'm like a six foot nine uh, Kevin Owens shagging fly like, balls, dude. <laughs> oh no, it was like I was like Randy John. I was like played first base because they stick every tall person over there, which is the dumbest yeah. shit in the world to me because they're like they do that? because they think that there's like a wider range when there's people throw the ball that you're able to like catch it. The extra, but there's also mm, like, extra two inches, man. Yeah, but they always, like, my arms were longer, but I was also, like, there was, like, a, they would fucking jam me up all the time, and then, like, I was, too, it was, like, when you threw it perfectly, which you should, it would be, like, fuck, like, because, like, I could reach for it, but when you threw it perfectly, it was, like, all jammed into my, like, oh, there was just too much of me, and I was, like, uh-huh. I would drop the ball, and then people would get mad at me, and I was, like, this sucks, <laughs> so then I would go play basketball and miss the lab, and people would get mad at me, I'm, like, <laughs> Yeah, I, like that's when I probably should have just gone and done crack, like just like been like on my app. And then Michael Jordan like, did it, right, Kev? When we were growing up, and you were like, "Oh, I can play baseball." Yeah, seriously, <laughs> I'll do it. Like, why not? Yeah. that's crazy. The best athlete in the world picked it up. That's 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 like the craziest shit. Like the the fact, and like the 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 actual real coaches, like Terry Francona, who's like stuck with us, he would have made it. Like that, I don't think he was bullshitting. Like I feel like real baseball people wanted him to fail to be like, this shit is not easy. And yeah. he was so good at it that it almost was like, yeah, he could have done it, which is nuts. I That's felt nuts. like the same thing happened with uh, what's his name, uh, the the religious quarterback. What was it, Tebow? Like, uh, is, yeah. is he still playing on a minor league team somewhere? And he like, basically, be. everyone's like, no, you can't play, you can't play, you can't play. I was like, the dude's an athlete. Like, he'll yeah. find a spot, you know. And especially if you played, like, in high school, like, there's some guys, like, I think about basketball, how many guys, like, football players, like, Miles Austin went to college where we, where I did and played for the Cowboys for a while, and Miles was such a good football player, but he was also a really good basketball player, played in high school, and he would train with us in the offseason uh, at college, and he was better than guys who were on scholarship for us, but he couldn't do it because, so, like, those kind of scenarios are crazy because, if he's stuck with basketball, he could be playing professional basketball, but he's stuck with football. And, you know, it's, it's, these guys have it in them. They've been playing their whole life. And yeah, it's, it's, it's little, it's nuts. I, I got a story too. Uh, I, I, in the college I played with Antonio Gates transferred in from, oh, wow. from God knows where, I don't even know where he was, where he transferred in from. I didn't ask questions. Um, he showed up in an escalade. No, that's not true. But he, he, Antonio <laughs> Gates is, uh, one of the best basketball players I've ever played with. Really? Um, in person. He's 6'4", had a 40-inch vertical, Golden Gloves boxer in high school. So his hands were just lightning quick. He could catch everything he threw at it. You know, like, you get yeah. – you, you throw some bad – you throw some hopeful passes as a point guard, you know? Yeah. And your big man doesn't catch it. You look at him. You glare at him. You're like, come on, dude. That was right mm-hmm. in your pocket. You know, but it was <laughs> – so much mustard on it nobody could have caught it but he caught uh-huh. that shit like he yeah. caught it and then finished it and uh, i just remember playing with him thinking like god like he went to michigan state to play football and they didn't you know like 
they basically like got, he, they wouldn't let him play basketball because of the football. So he's yeah. like, I'm gone. I'm out. So then he transferred, he transferred, he transferred. He had, I think he, tra- he was basically just floating around in Juco's for four or five years and finally uh, showed up at Kent. But I just remember sitting, watching him play football and I was just like, it doesn't, it makes so much sense that he can go out there and do that. Um, you know, because of what I saw him do on the basketball court, I, I, I firmly believe that, you know, especially a position like that, a big guy, a big, a big guy that can cut out, cut and move and jump can do shit like that. So <laughs> I wish my, you could talk to my dog and he would listen like that. <laughs> I have a dog that's 98. He's turning 14. He's just that's shitting crazy. everywhere. He doesn't even care. I was about to say, I remember my, I had a dog that was like old and it just, yeah, just started like just going wherever it was kind of like, and and he just does, he doesn't care how fat, like he used to just get his business done. Now he kind of just like, now he just kind of looks back at me and he's like, it's not coming out. It's not coming out. And you know, I'm like, dude, you're 98, take your time. And then I, I got him in Belgium though. He's a Belgian Jack Russell. Oh, you got wow. a Belgian, you got a Belgian passport. Just imagine if you got a puppy in Kosovo. What would you, you know? Would wow. you have brought it back? Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That's right. like, I feel like that's the craziest thing. Uh, when you have, like, I almost brought my dog. I had a dog when I was playing, and when I went to Poland, I was going to bring it, but then I got released beforehand. So you know, I was like, fuck that. And uh-huh. I went back to the D League, but uh-huh. it came with me there i want tried to bring it to australia but like australia they said there's like quarantine laws so like it would have to be quarantined for like 90 days and i was like so i'm gonna fly this dog on a 24-hour trip get her there in a cage and then she's going to be quarantined for like two months and then i get her back and then she has to come back and then be quarantined when she comes back. i was like whatever i was like mom can you watch the dog for nine months yeah right yeah thank god for good moms out there seriously yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, John, how how are we doing? Kids are kids are going crazy. <laughs> they're they're okay. <laughs> I don't think any of their stuff is coming through the podcast. So if you guys hear me yelling, <laughs> all right. Yeah, we're all you good. separate. You just separate the audio file from. Well, it's it's interesting. So we're taking the Zoom, but everything is running through the uh, the actual um, board over here. So when I actually when that's going on, I just mute all the uh my microphones and stuff so we should be good i hope all right <laughs> i like it looks like you got a freaking dj station over there are you a uh is that a, also a, a mix table or is i don't know no, that's, if that's, that's like the, the new age digital turntables yeah i, I have a, a dj business um so I'm, I'm teacher but on that's the awesome. side you gotta gotta make that money on the side so a little dj business is happening um uh, you know it's kind of shut down nice. right now but uh just the other day, I started yeah. getting some phone calls, so hopefully we'll be back in business in hopefully July-ish. That'd be good. Yeah. We'll see. I hope the world starts back up. How is, uh, you, what city are you guys in? Like, are you guys both in the same city or different city? Like, yeah, like Cherry Hill area. So, like, it's right outside of Philadelphia. Okay. So, it's not, you know, it's, it's, it's whatever. We've been, kind of, you know, we got hit with the storms, but it's, you know, that's why we're all Philadelphia, like. Sports fans, Philly, yeah, yeah. Eagles. We're like the dickheads that everyone hates. Yep. We're like <laughs> yeah. those. You guys those are people. easy to hate. Yeah, it's like it's tough. It's tough, you know. When and it's crazy because like even playing, you get a different rep when you're from Philly. Like people think like Philly's like you know Rocky, and that's what they know of Philly. That like they're crazy, they're nuts. Mm-hmm. So like every time I've been somewhere, people would be like, "Oh, where are you from?" And like they'd be like, "Oh shit, he's crazy." Yeah. And like, meanwhile, it's just like me, like, hey, how are you? <laughs> the nicest guy. And they're just You're like, the kindest Philadelphia fan in the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're like, this guy's going to hurt me. And I'm like, hey, do you need help up? And they're like, something's going to happen. He's going to fucking <laughs> not take my legs. Please don't hurt me. <laughs> you take a charge and you're like, my bad. Yeah, I'm sorry. Are you okay? <laughs> I just love that when somebody takes a charge and they apologize to you. You're like, what? Yeah. They're like, all right. Oh, all right. I always, that's like the, there were so many people, uh, and it was especially in, well, see, I was probably that guy in high school because I was like, you know, I weighed 190 pounds and I was 6'10. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that was, that, 
I always think about like in high school it was so hard because I was so fucking skinny and I was so awkward that like I didn't know how to handle my body and I was also kind of like like being that tall people you see that you're tall but like I was like like people can just pick me up and throw me around I weighed 190 pounds like kids were like six one and weighed 100 or 200 pounds and I was like right. it was just it was it sucked being that tall and that skinny because I didn't have that toughness because I was like I didn't want to get my ass kicked like and I was like too long and stupid to do anything about it so it yeah. took like lifting weights to like kind of figure out like oh shit I'm bigger than you now no, yeah like get out of my way yeah like I, now I it's... came into college at 215 and they put me on a diet I came in like, I came in like CrossFit's ideal candidate for the, you know, to win the world. Like I thought that's what D1 sports were. I came in, yeah. I had like, I had like the neck and I was like, hey, coach, I'm ready to think get spend. I'll defend anybody. You know, I had one scholarship. So I was just like lifting. Like I was on, I mean, I was basically taking like, you know how like creatine was huge back oh, in the Oh, yeah, day. yeah. Dude, I think I was just ingesting so just not unhealthy amounts of creatine. Like I was bloated, but I mean, I was throwing around weight at even coming in as my freshman year. Cause I thought that's what I needed to do. Like, yeah. And then I realized pretty quickly that, uh, that's not, that's not good. Like I was like a Mack truck trying to chase around, like, you know, these, these inner city guards, like my buddy, you know, one of my friends, Andrew Mitchell is from Detroit. Uh-huh. He weighed like, he was like 150, one of those water bug guards, you know, that yeah. just go forever and like fast, quick, explosive, still really strong. So even though I was, I could outweigh him, he still somehow like deboed me. And I was like, what the <laughs> hell? So they put me on a diet. I had to lose. I, I got, and I played at 180. So I, I dropped wow. some serious, I, a lot of muscle mass came off me and that really helped. That saved me actually, because I did do opposite of what you were doing. Yeah. Cause that's like exactly the opposite. I had to gain weight. And then I think my ideal playing weight when I was like playing, you know, when I finally started playing pro, like, like my ideal weight was like 240, 240 mm-hmm. to, to 240 to 250. I was mm-hmm. strong, but I was like able to move. Like cause yeah. I always, my whole game was I was 195 and I had to be quicker than all the big football players in high school that they would just be like, here, go guard him you're like stronger than him and I would just have to like spin off him and be quicker than them. And it was yeah. just, like, there's the, what's the, there's a dude and I, he reminds me so much of myself. Like, especially he like dunked one time and fell on his back. There's this, like, he's like the number one recruit in high school. His name's like Chet or Chet something. And he's super long, oh super skinny. And like, he's all 11 white kid. Yeah. six eleven white kid, yeah. really skinny, like really awkward looking. But like that, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's, but like, that's what I had to do. You had to be quick. And then I was like, you know, once you get to college, like you can't, you can't be banging with these dudes at, at like yeah. one, 200 pounds. Like they would just abuse me. So I had to, don't, um, don't you think now though, the game has changed, like if you had, well, maybe, I don't know, like if, if you, you know, like those kids now that are learning how to dribble at six eleven, like yes. they're good off like a KD, you know, they have that KD skill set. Do you think you would have, had been ever able to to develop that skill set stay your same weight or like that 200 to 210 range yeah. or you know and kind of play that position well in, in today's game I feel like uh yeah, that's what I probably would have had to been I mean you know we kind of played how old are you now I, I'm I turned 41 on uh someday soon I don't even June 22nd what day is it okay so I'm, yeah, I'm, I just turned 40, like the other, like, you know, a few weeks ago or last week. So I, we're like in the same era. So I think about like, we kind of were brought up in like the Shaq era and like, mm-hmm. you, it was like, that's what coaches knew. And they're like, every team's going to have a Shaquille O'Neal. Who's just going to be a big dude. Who's just going to like bang you around. So that's kind of mm-hmm. like, I kind of, they're like, well, you need to put on weight, but you need to be able to like take him outside and mm-hmm. you know make him pay run the floor do those things but i think about like the kds and stuff like i just didn't have like the i guess i had i was quicker than you know for like a white guy like 610 white guy I was pretty quick but like i just couldn't keep up with the with the today's game in terms of like stuff and i always think yeah. about like i just i played in the right error although i mm-hmm. think like in the 80s i probably would have made it the nba 
uh, yeah. because you know it was like Bill Lambeer. Like I was like, Fuck. like I I watched yeah, like that. They and played like, straight up and down. They'd yeah. Exactly. Like if you watch the old tapes, you're like, does anybody ever like get into an athletic stance or like they, you know, they go off the dribble and you're like, they're just standing straight up. Everyone is standing straight up when I watch like the eighties and nineties. But even like, like the stuff from like the fifties and sixties, like guys are like underhanding, throwing the ball in and it's like going in and they're just like MVP. Like, you're like yeah. what is this? <laughs> That's great. The, um, did you play against Shaq? I was confused. Did you actually guard Shaq? No, I never. I never guarded Shaq. The I guarded Kobe, but not really guarded. Okay, he, he dunked on me. <clears throat> but uh, that's guarding, was, in my opinion. Yeah, like I helped off and tried <laughs> to jump with him for some reason, and he and when I was in high school, and he just like let me have it. Uh, Lower Marion, right? He went to Lower yeah, Marion. Is that he went to Lower Marion, and we played like a summer league Sunny Hill thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is like the kind of like the high school summer league for Philadelphia. And, and I played against him there and he, uh, he got me good. What, how did Philly respond to his tragedy? It was crazy. I, I, I was just talking to someone and they're like, what was the biggest celebrity death of your life? And I was like, it's Kobe 100%. Because like, I felt like it was weird because I played against him, but I didn't like know him like personally mm-hmm. at all. But uh, just the, I think that was like the biggest shock because Philadelphia, like he like stood for everything. He was like tough, you know, like didn't put up with any crap. So like, I always looked at him, like I always said, like, you know, it's Kobe, it's Jordan. Um, those are like the two. And I kind of like, you know, LeBron's got to be in there, but I always said like Kobe is like one of the top players like ever to play. And uh, just when he died, I like didn't believe it. It was like, I think a lot of Philadelphia people were like shocked. Like we just didn't, yeah. like, it was like, I didn't even know what to do. I was like, this is crazy. Yeah. I was, I was in Belgium coaching when I, when the oh, news came man. and I was like, no way. Yeah. No way. No way. Yeah. Like that's what I said. No way. That's TMZ shit. Yeah. I, I thought the same exact thing. Cause a friend of mine texted me, I was like doing a basketball workout or I was like at practice, I think. And someone texted me and was just like, Kobe died. And I was like, Okay, dude like what is wrong with you and then i saw the thing and they're like it could be and i was like well he definitely survived like you know if something happened like they're just everyone speculating like there's he's just gonna like walk out and be fine and then mm-hmm. when like it really came i was like that's like it, it like took like a, a week or two for me to like i've never like i you know i've had lost people in my life but i was like that was like almost worse i was like it, it, like I couldn't even like think about anything else. I was like, "This is crazy. Why am I doing this? I didn't know the dude." I yeah, just, that exactly. You don't know the dude, and you're like, "Why? Why does this feel so like I did know him?" You know, I felt yeah. like I felt like I knew Kobe because we're the same age, right? I mean, we're all mm-hmm. we all. I mean, I could. I remember watching him just kind of go, you know, to the pinnacle of the sports world, which is where we all wanted to go as kids. And uh, he did it. And then you're also, you felt like, you know, him, you knew him, you know, especially as he had the, you know, like the stuff with the girl and the rape case and all that assault, you know, charges and all, you know, and then everything, you know, everything happens and you're still like, you know, I wasn't a huge Kobe fan. I'm not from Philly. Like Mm -hmm. there was a part of me that was like, it was just purely seated in jealousy. And also like this guy's so confident, cocky, you know, Uh from the outside watching him, you're just like, but you know, when he, when he, uh, when, when he passed, it was just like, man, I love that guy. I love how he yep. competed. I love how, I love how he bounced back from all his adversity, you know, even on outside the game. I love yeah. how, you know, he challenged the world and, you know, and, and you see all the stuff that he did, you know, come just came to light for me. And I was, that's when I was like, God, I got to start like looking at, why I don't like certain things about certain people or athletes. Mm-hmm. Be like, I got really kind of examined that because I, I, you know, I need to appreciate guys that are uh, still playing, you know? Yeah. And so I, that's how I felt about it. Kind of reframed my. I, I feel like the same um, kind of what you're saying, the same thing happened. Uh, like I didn't like Jordan growing up. Like I, I wasn't a Chicago bull fan and I almost hated the fact that they kept winning. I was like, I hated the Bulls. Like, I liked Dennis Rodman, but I, like, did not like the Bulls. They kept winning. They kept winning. 
and it, it was like I was like fuck with Jordan. Like everyone, all the all my rich friends like all had like the Jordans and stuff. I couldn't afford them. I was just sitting there like this sucks. Yeah. So I always like disliked Jordan until like he was done, and like I started appreciating. And then you know watching the Last Dance, you're like this is this is like you 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 find that you you know like the the love kind of comes back, and you're like this guy was the shit. You could appreciate it in a different way. Yeah. When you see that sh- that that sh- documentary. <laughs> <laughs> so I've only uh, watched two episodes, by the way. Is that really? Is that weird? Yeah, no. I was gonna watch them all together. Yeah, uh, I watched the first two, and then I was like, no, 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 no. I'm gonna just binge watch. I like to binge. Yeah, same. So. I'm like, yeah. We we were talking about that, like quarantine binging. Like, what's the best thing? I was gonna say, how do you <laughs> how do you have anything left to watch at this point? <laughs> I was about yeah, <laughs> nothing left. <laughs> I'm waiting for Trolls 2 to come into my browser because yeah. that's really hot hot right now with all the kids. And Absolutely. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. I got to know. I got to relate. You You're tr- it's true. Like, when you work with kids, you got to see. I watch, like, I mean, I have a daughter, but, like, so, like, watching Frozen and Frozen 2 and stuff, like, I'm watching all of them. But then I, like, you know, with, like, kids that I'm working with, I'm just like, yeah, it's like that scene from Frozen 2. And they're like, how the fuck? So like it's it's nice to have that correlation. But, but that's the thing, Kev. Like you no know one else a punk. You're trying you're trying to like explain something to the kids, and, you know, like whether it's music or whether it's English or whether it's history, and they don't friggin' get it. And then yeah. you and then you gave them like the Disney or the Trolls analogy, and they're like, oh yeah. shit, yeah, thanks, yeah. thanks, Mr. Hunt, I got you now. So, so yeah, so like it's like when Sven can't talk, and they're like, oh, fucking Sven, Does that makes sense now. <laughs> You see it in so, their faces. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, immediately. And, like, I love talking to kids, like, especially the boys, and you're just like, it's, like, frozen. And then they're like, I've never seen it. And you're like, you're such a liar. Like, yes, you have seen yeah. it. Like, don't lie to me. Like, I know you've seen that movie. And they're like, no, never saw it. I'm like, yeah. there's zero poker face in middle school. Yeah, None. seriously. Like, there's no need to be embarrassed about watching Frozen or Disney or anything like that. Like, I'll, I watch, like, every Disney movie. I watch the live ones. I'm, like, super into Aladdin right now. Like, the live, live Aladdin. Yet. Oh, I haven't seen it. Will Smith is magical. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> I, that's all you got to say. I'm in. Will Smith. And <laughs> Fresh so Prince. You had, me at, yeah. you had me at magical. <laughs> <laughs> so, Trev, like, what is the uh, – if we kind of – we talked a lot about, like, coaching and stuff like that. Like, what's, like, one of those uh, – you know, what's, like, one of your best memories of playing overseas? Like, what's, like, the craziest memory, best memory? Let's see. Best memory would be um, – you know, I hadn't – I never won. I'd won a few cups. You know, I won a cup in Portugal my second year out, uh, which was pretty cool. After I, I played in the CBA, mm-hmm. which um, – I played for the version of the Flint Tropics where you have to, where uh, I have to wrestle a bear at halftime to get more <laughs> ticket sales. <laughs> like, uh, my grandma walked across half court um, in one of my games in the CBA to tell me not to foul, which I thought was great. No, they just like ushered her back. Yeah, there's like it's just like yeah. whatever, cool. Yeah, they're like that's fine. Trevor's wrestling a bear at halftime. <laughs> fine. Um, so yeah, then the uh, best. Then um, I won that cup in Portugal, and then I went to Belgium. Had some good years, you know. Had some good individual accolades, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Runner-up MVP, coaches MVP. Um, but like that was cool and all. But all I ever wanted to do was win like a national champ, you know, win like the domestic championship of of the country I in league I was playing in, and that did not happen till um, basically I was 33 mm-hmm. uh, in France. And I was one of three Americans playing in pro B, you know, so there's, it's not the highest level, but at the same time, you're still playing against three other Americans on the other team with your, yeah. with your import players. So it's a pretty, you know, it's a, it's, and there's a lot of teams in pro B that are trying to go up to pro A. So they have these big, you know, big contracts for the import players. So, you know, I was making, I don't know, 90 to a hundred thousand, something like that. And mm-hmm. I was not the highest paid. I wasn't even close to the highest paid American in, in pro B on yeah. some of these other clubs that were, had bigger budgets. So I just remember being like, wow, we have a really good team. We got a chance to win it. 
And uh, we lost our shooting guard to an Achilles injury in November. We hadn't lost yet. We were blowing teams out like 120 to 80. We were scoring. We were like the Warriors. We were putting up huge numbers. We lose our uh, French-American shooting guard who played at Georgia Tech, and we just kind of kind of slowed us down. We went. We lost a few. Our coach got fired. So now going into the playoffs, we essentially got our – he came back from an Achilles in November and played – in June. Wow. And, uh, just kind of, you know, even though he wasn't a hundred percent, it just buoyed us. And, and, uh, so yeah, we ended up coming back from like a, I think we were like a three or four seed and we just got to the championship, won the championship. And, um, that was like pure ecstasy for me. That Mm -hmm. moment where you're like, Oh, I can (laughs) find me relief. It's like the, you know, experience I think I ever had as a, as a pro athlete, um, much like getting to the, you know, like getting to the NCAA tournament and as a mid major felt really yeah. awesome. Like, I don't think anything could have beaten that feeling until I won that kind of French national championship. Um, that would have been the best, the craziest, is it like sans women? I mean, is this just on the court? Probably no, like anything I, goes. Yeah. I would say, <laughs> I always say like, it's like you played in cool countries. Like I, I, I played in Australia, which was like, and everything I always talk about Australia was cool. Like New Zealand was cool, but there's like some a few crazy things like fucking swimming, like all the crazy things that could kill you. But like my craziest stories are like of the shittiest situations. So like I played <laughs> in a lot of shitty situations, but they made the best stories. So yeah, I feel like you, drama. yeah, you had like yeah the. I had so much drama, like the less, you know, the countries you play in that have the less drama, it's like almost hard to kind of come up with like crazy stories. It's like comes down to like, oh, well, like, you know, this girl and this other girl. And you're like, oh, this is a cool story. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I only have like uh, stuff that management has done to me, stories, you know. Yeah. Um, Once I know Stend, who's a Champions League team. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. I got, I blew out my hamstring and, uh, we were, we lost, like, I, I was basically taken there to try to win the championship after my, I went from Alst, Okapi Alst to Ostend and everybody, the drama of like Belgium, it's a small league. So everybody knows, like they knew I had signed in Ostend, like while I was still playing in Alst and they printed up dollar bills with my face in the middle because I left for more money. And we played each other in the playoffs and they were throwing these dollar, my face on these dollar bills, oh, like up in the air and yell and the, and the, and the um, general manager was on one side and our faces were, you know, like, it was just, I was like, what the fuck? what is going on? Like, this is insane. Like they can't, they shouldn't be able to do this. It's, and like um, the, the owner of Ostend was in, in politics. Like he was like literally like Clinton in okay. Belgium. Nice. And he would, and he loved basketball and he had tons of, you know, he had a lot of money. So he was just, he just bought, he basically stole me and two other players off that team, same team bought us, you know, basically gave us some new contracts and we left. And, and then I remember that that next season we were there and we started losing when I got hurt, he walks in and he goes, everybody, I just cut your salaries by half this month start winning and i was like what i I was like ah since i'm injured that doesn't apply to me right and he was like no trevor you're fine but everybody else and i I was just thinking like oh my god that first of all that was a dick move on my part but i i was not losing my money you know get your shit together guys like you know like start winning but that was like to me that was just shows you and belgium is a very respectable government yeah you know you think about other countries like Greece and Serbia, you know, I don't know, yeah. all, all the countries, Poland, like I got a uh-huh. fake check in Poland. You know, oh, they gave me a fake check. And I, I like, got, yeah, I got, they told us that they were going to sign us and, you know, we went in there and then they were like, brought us in. They like kept on teasing us with money, like being like, oh yeah, the money's coming in, the money's coming. And then finally they brought us in. They're like, we can't afford you. And then they kept doing that that year with like all imports. Like they just would bring two in for like, a month or two and then release them and a month or two and release them. So they're like 10 guys ended up playing for uh Poland that year. Americans just because they were yeah. like, fucking around the whole year. I was like, whatever. 
I was That's actually first. not a bad strategy. Just bring no, guys in for tryouts and never pay them. Yeah, like the smartest thing player. ever. <laughs> Imagine if the NBA ran like that. Oh man, <laughs> it's like, so. And I think that's what people don't understand about overseas. They're like, oh, guaranteed contract. Like, that shit doesn't exist overseas. Like, that's no. You're just like, you did tomorrow. They can be like, you can be score 50 and then be like, we're done. Like, all right. Yeah. We, we, we thought you were a playmaker. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, got, I, got, I got fired in Venezuela once. Uh, that was a cool story. I was oh. playing with um, the, uh, in Caracas, Venezuela, which mm-hmm. have you got? I don't think any, not many Americans have been to Venezuela, mostly because it's, it's you should not go. But of course, I was like, I'll be fine, mom. <laughs> Watch my dog. So I get, I get over to Venezuela, Caracas, and I'm like immediately enamored with every single Venezuelan woman. Like, I don't even, like, I was just, they're the most beautiful uh, women in the world. Any male listeners out there, if you can sneak into Venezuela. Um, but the, uh, I played two games. I played good. First game, I had 18 and like seven. Second game, 14 and six. You know, not great. I think we lost. Um, and the third game, I think we won. Next practice, um, oh, God, I'm going to forget his name. Remember Arizona, Miles Simon, and, uh, oh, Khalid Reeves? Khalid. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is that his name, Khalid Reeves? I think it's something like that. And he, and he like literally when I watched that Arizona team, he was like my one. I was like, oh my god, I want to play like those guys, like <laughs> Damon Stoudemire, Khalid Reeves. You got Miles Side. Like, and all of a sudden he's at practice, and I look over. I'm like, cool. hey, it's great to have you on our team, man. And he's like, yeah. And I was like, well, all right, that guy's a dick. You know, I don't like him anymore. <laughs> and then like the next the next game, I'm you know I come into the locker room and the and the president is there and he hands me a Manila envelope and he's like, thanks. And I was like, uh, what? He's like, yeah, you're, you're not playing today. Here's your, here's your money. He handed me a manila envelope, 10,000 cash. He had like 10 bodyguards. They escorted me out. <laughs> and I was basically like, just, out, you know, like, he's like, yep, well, you got your ticket. You can, you can leave when you want. Um, you know, thanks. And then Khalid, yeah, Khalid basically replaced me. And wow. I practiced with him for like a week. And uh, it was, that not was knowing that. childhood. Yeah, not knowing, like, my naive ass was like, oh, man, this is so cool. I got a great little two-guard. No, he, he took over. Um, but that was fun because then I got to travel around Venezuela. Yeah. Uh, I took I took a bus all over Venezuela. I went to all the beaches, secluded beaches. Awesome. And, you know, that, that kind of stuff, I think, is what most – a lot of fucking pro basketball players – they don't do anything, yeah. you know, they don't go out and like see the world's adventure, you know, get in, get into like, get into the culture more, you know, most, you know, I don't know. I, I, I think early on in my career, I played video games, yeah. got on my computer. Yeah. It was like, real, like had my blinders on, yeah. but by the end, you know, coming back to America, I miss so much of that culture and that character and like everything has a story you can walk into a church and read about the friars and the you know the history of the people that started that village in 1492 you're like that that stuff you know you miss especially when you come back to michigan when you just have strip mall after strip mall and i'm just like (laughs) how many how many strip malls do we have to have to be a society here yeah where's the history yeah where's the history america yeah come on people but you know it's it is what it is and i think there's a lot of you know a lot of great i mean americans well well let's i don't know if we want to open that can of worms what <laughs> everything's going on around now. Not, for show. yeah we'll have to yeah we'll have to we'll have to tune in uh next time we should do this we should you know pop on each other's a lot or just trying to like combine stuff sometimes and yeah. just interview the same people this is fun yeah, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I, I, that hour flew by. It did. That's what I like. Like sometimes you just go and like, there's been times when I've in, interviewed people I had, when we were doing this, like I did this not on overseas basketball a while back mm-hmm. and we did it just on all sports and we had Prince Fielder's mom. So like Cecil Fielder's ex-wife uh-huh. <laughs> and it was the most boring interview of like all time. Like there was no, I was like, <laughs> fuck is she talking about like and she would just like go on these tangents and i'd be like oh my god and i was like sweating i was like what 
like uh, this has to end and i was like this is just so painful and then finally you know it was it was it was torture but these like i love the interviews where you're just like holy shit an hour just went by like i we needed like talk we need to do yeah. this again so we can just like yeah for sure man. three hours awesome anytime Trevor. anytime well thank you so much for joining us today i really appreciate it yeah i look forward to having you on my podcast absolutely well ask I don't know. Questions. I have two podcasts. I don't know which one I like more. One, <laughs> I have one. One, I have a producer, much like Jonathan. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, he's from Canada, so we we I automatically like give him like Canadian jo- American Canadian jokes about how they're like, are you know <laughs> anything that I can do to rip on him? But he's he's great because he finds like I interviewed Jarvis Green from the Patriots. Oh, I, you know, awesome. like all these really interesting names that you know like i don't know anything about these people so then you you know you dig into their story a little bit but yeah uh, it's fun i i really like i like the podcast they're fun just because the hour goes by you know you're in the you're in the moment you know so well thanks for having me guys well thanks trevor we appreciate it and we yeah we will uh talk to you soon all right let me know when you need me to help or you know i'll I'll throw it out to my 100 fans and hopefully they'll just eat it up (laughs) same like you know our 90 <laughs> fans will so between the two of us we'll, we'll get the market cornered on the overseas stuff Hopefully. my mom's definitely going to call about my crack addiction she's going to be like what <laughs> i can edit that out <laughs> yeah no please don't i'm going to email it that's why people are actually going to tune in that's the stuff they want to hear about that shit yeah. <laughs> awesome yeah, did well, you, hey by the way did you ever play with a guy that had a drug addiction in overseas well so drug addiction are you talking like real drugs or like weed because i played with like a ton of people who not had weed, like weed. Not yeah weed. no weed is like coffee yeah that's what <laughs> i said i was like yeah i played with like a lot of guys who, who smoked a ton of weed uh n- i don't think i ever played with a guy who had like i had to play with a guy who had a really bad alcoholic problem and he used to like stay up all night drinking for like and just drink during you know just drink during throughout the day i've never experienced anything like that before. yeah but that never like drugs like hardcore <laughs> I, I don't know why i wanted to finish with that i just thought that would be <laughs> and we'll end really with that <laughs> all right so thank you so much trevor for joining us uh thanks john for uh producing again and uh yeah matchup zone um yeah, talking overseas podcast or fucking what am I saying? Talking overseas basketball and uh, trees falling on our house like the Wizard of Oz. All right, we'll see you guys next time. Peace out. Later. Later. All right, man. See you guys. All right, see you. Later. I'm with Marla G, bro, flying Hollywood chicks to my Hollywood shows, and I want to